What's up, Wheel World? We are back at it again. I'm super excited this week. I'm pumped. I've been chewing on this one for a while. We got a brand new series coming at you guys called From Sucks Ass to Success. And, you know, we're super excited about it because in our situations, you know, you lose hope and you find yourself in a new body, a new situation, a new circumstance, and you don't think that a career is possible anymore. Well, we're here to tell you and show you, you know, from that we're living proof that that's not the case. Yeah, because, I mean, bottom line is our situation sucks major ass. Yeah. Um, but through our struggles and stuff, we've found, you know, little tidbits and things that we'd love to share with you guys today. Yeah, so we got a plan for you guys. We're going to lay it all out there for you. But, you know, what? I, at first, I think we should just talk about, like, what are you missing right now, man? What do you what do you miss the most? You know, besides just being more social, it's, you know, it's my gym time. Yeah. I haven't really been able to. I just kind of went back to swimming and stuff, but... You know, I really miss standing. Yeah, for sure. Same. So let me tell you about that. So yeah. I've been having a lot of meetings recently. Uh, most of them Zoom, but some in person. And at the end of the meeting, when people just stand up and shake their hands, yeah, it's a little hard for me. You a know, awkward, right? Yeah, it's a hard situation. It's, I wish it would. It's easier. To stand. To stand. Easy. Stand. Easy. Stand, baby. So. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Easy Stand, for making all things possible at Wheel Talks. Um, you know, some of the cool things that we can talk about with the Easy Stand, you know, speaking of the gym time we're missing, right. I know specifically when I was at the gym, I would use an Easy Stand. Um, you could even take off that front tray, and I would, like, elevate about halfway. Yeah. So I'm in, like, a half squat position, right. and then I could do squats. I could do assisted squats, standing up, building my strength in my legs, building right. my core and my balance. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I really do miss that. I, it's been months that we haven't been in the gym. It's pretty critical for us. So hopefully California yeah. gets their act together. Yeah. I noticed a huge difference too in your trunk control. You know, Definitely. I remember before I had to kind of assist you, help you kind of push forward to get a little mm-hmm. bit of a pressure release. Yeah. And after you've been using the easy stand, I've noticed you just able to kind of do that on your own now, which is pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I try and rely on less and less, you know. Yeah. You know, I don't need the hip guiders as much, you know. Right. And I try and just hold myself in one centered place instead of relying on the backrest or leaning forward. It's yeah. It's been really helpful, man. So... Um, anyone struggling with those things out there, look into easy stand that will definitely get you assisted. Absolutely. Um, you know, so without further ado from sucks ass to success, um, you know, Sonny, tell me a little bit about your journey, um, from when you got hurt, maybe what you were doing before to, you know, what you're doing now and kind of how you found yourself professionally. Well, you know, before I got hurt, I was kind of, you know, a jack of all trades, Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't like school, so I wasn't really and a jackass. But yeah, that's well, all good. So that's well, yeah. We're, I mean, yeah, we're two yeah. peas in a pod. I am, there. I am a donkey's <laughs> ass, one hundred percent. But I was kind of a jack of all trades. I think I was really trying to find out what I was really passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I've had a, quite a few jobs. Um, but when I was actually just before I got hurt, I'd gone back to school to learn more about drafting and design. Nice. I wanted to get into architecture, learn how to read uh, building plans, kind of get more of the foreman, you know, because I realized one day my body was going to give out. I mean, we mm-hmm. just all get old, right? Yeah. Um, I was about eight months into it. You know, I was really enjoying it. I was learning how to draw, which I'm not a great drawler. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, life changed. Yeah. Um, and from that point, I felt, you know, my focus was more on my body, my mental health, and kind of getting back. But as I felt more, like more stable in those situations... Um, I started looking for opportunities that presented themselves. And one of the first opportunities I had 
was at the Goodwill Fitness Center. Yep. I was a little checking guy there, which, you know, was cool. For me, it was more of a challenge to see if I could handle waking up and going to work for four or five hours. Yeah. And how I would do in those kind of situations, which I, I was pretty good at. Um, which I think was an easy fit for you because yeah. you have so much personality. Right. You know, you always bring a good vibe. And I think that's like something that's really important for people coming into a gym or coming into yeah. a facility. It's like, you know, you don't know what their day was like before that. Yeah. And if you can put just even a little semblance of a smile on their face, that's a big deal. Plus you know? all my buddies were there. Yeah. I, I get to see sure. you all the time uh-huh. and I felt super comfortable. So it was a cool transition for me to kind of mm-hmm. get, get back into the swing of working again. Um, and from there, it's kind of been a smorgasbord of opportunities, um, you know, from speaking engagements to a little commercial work, which I just saw a Blue Shield commercial come up on TV. Amazing. When I was watching the Dodger game the other day, which was pretty cool. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Get that um, jersey out. So I, what I've realized, though, is the more I put myself out there and pursue passions, it's not always what I thought it would be, but it's actually sometimes even better. For sure. What, what, what was your journey like? Yeah, man. So before I got hurt, I was I was kicking ass in sales. You know, okay. I was always on the go, driving up and down the coast. I sales had a, of what? Like what was your... um so I was in the packaging industry. So okay. think bottles. I mean, open any cabinet in your house. I mean, in your fridge, you got so many containers yeah. of condiments and food. And then, you know, in your bathroom you got pill containers, you got shampoo, all that. Right. Pretty much it's a huge industry. So you know? mass so, production? Yeah, so we, we're the uh, distributor. So someone yeah. comes to us that has a wide line and needs like 10 different varieties of, you know, bottles and, you know, or tops and labels and all that. Okay. Um, I'd help source it for them. I'd be the middleman. I'd negotiate everything. And um, I was loving it. I was loving yeah. it. I was uh, going between L.A., Orange County, San Diego, Riverside, um, driving all over the place. And uh, I got some international experience um, going abroad to China, Taiwan, Mexico City. And it was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, one hot summer day, all that changed and that on the go running around, um, you know, ability I had got taken away from me. Um, and the one thing I never lost was my drive. Right. And so I really just applied that to the gym for a while because I didn't even, I didn't even think like professionally, I didn't think my career, it's like getting my body back to be able to do what I was doing before. I mean, you, what, you were 24. Yeah. 24. And so it was, yeah. it was always about like thinking about what I was doing before, not thinking about what lay ahead of me, right? If that were to change, like if that was not going to be the same thing, I just couldn't fathom it because I was always in denial. Um, And it took me a while to really um, go through and figure out what I was made of and what I wanted to do. Um, And, you know, I had to find my way and say like, you know, what the hell am I good at? And what do I want to do? This already sucks. Right. So like if I'm going to go back to work, it's got to be worth it for me. And, um, you know, what's the path to getting there? Let me ask you a question. How physical was that job? And was there ever a part of you that thought I can always go back? I always thought, I mean, I kind of was not playing cat and mouse. That may not be the right analogy, but you know, being in constant communication with my bosses, like, yeah, yo, I'll be back in a month. Like I got this, you know? And it was like, it just wasn't going to happen. Like, you know, I had to be driving, Okay. all the time and we'd have to do inventory i have to be carrying packages right. in and out and you know and it just was, was there tough. another position at that job you think that i mean or were you just like you know because for me my passion shifted 
Mm-hmm. I could have went back and finished what I was doing with the drafting designing, but my passion just wasn't there for it anymore. Yeah. You know, I think uh, it'd have to be more on the administrative side, but then that involves a whole lot of computer work. Yeah. And me not being familiar with any sort of adaptive technology, not to mention like, you know, the demand that we had to, you know, be running orders, putting things through, you know, getting copies. It's like, I would still need help at that. Yeah. So I really like was just lost. I'm like, all right, I've been killing the sales game for a few years now, but like now what the heck am I going to do? Right. And, uh, that's where I think I started, you know, trying to find my way and be like, all right, who am I? What am I made of? And what, you know, potential is there professionally for me? Um, you know, and I think that's what we wanted to talk to all of you guys about today. Um, is if you find yourself in that similar position, you know, questioning what the heck am I capable of? You know, like, these circumstances don't allow me to do what I want to do. Um, you got to find out what you're made of and there is potential out there. There's something that every one of us can do. Um, even if it's putting a smile on someone's face, brightening their day, there's something out there for everybody. And so we wanted to take, take you through the steps that we found, um, that really benefited us. Um, and we want to break those down for you. Um, and a little easy thing to remember is apply yourself. A-P-P-L-Y. What do they call it? Acronym? An acronym. There you go, man. I couldn't think of the word, you know, so I had to throw it out there there another way. But absolutely, man. We, uh, you know, the first thing in apply is assess. You know, you have to assess yourself and the potential, you know. So talk to us a little bit, Sonny, about like assessing your circumstance and, you know, maybe like, okay, what am I capable of? Like, how how did that work for you? Well, I think off to start what we always preached and i know this always comes up in a lot of our topics is the fact that we're very real with ourselves mm-hmm. you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself okay well and i'm not talking about beat yourself up but be real you know i'm mm-hmm. really good at this and i think that's where we jive yeah is the fact that we're salesmen yeah you know what i mean we could sell ice to eskimo right you know what i mean catch up to a lady in a white dress yeah i think that's us right <laughs> Um, so you really got to look at like, is your mouthpiece good? What I mean, mouthpiece, are you good at speaking to people? You know what I mean? Are you mm-hmm. good at, you know, keeping tasks together, whatever your strengths are though. I mean, it's something that people repeatedly tell you all the time too. Like, Oh, you should really do this or that. Yeah. It's something you're frequently complimented on and that's kind of where you start and then kind of bridge from. Yeah. And one thing that really helped me with this, um, you know, before, um, I got into sales, I had to take this assessment. Uh, it's put on by Gallup and it's called the strengths finder. Interesting. Um, yeah. And it's all about, you know, they had a ton of research that showed people that capitalized their strengths instead of trying to build on their weaknesses professionally. Those are the people, you know, that excelled. And so it, you go through a whole gamut of questions and it really shows you these are my key strengths. Um, I'd probably say 30, 45 minutes. It's like pretty good, but it really gets in depth and like really, I mean, it, it gets down to your core and figures out who you are. Um, and the funny thing is I did this before I got hurt, you know, and I had three top strengths and then I got, um, one of them wasn't walking. (laughs) It definitely was not. That's a (laughs) knee slapper. I can't even slap my knee. That's Anyways, anyways. Anyways, and then I took it again. Um, well, what was your three strengths the first time? Man, um, competitive. Okay. Um, focused. Spot on. And um, strategic. Okay. I and agree. You put me on the spot now. I agree. And I'm, that may have been afterwards, but um, okay. competitive will always be there. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's always been in my blood. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And you know, like I took it again afterwards and it had completely changed. And the funny thing is, is like our, our mindsets change, our perspectives change when our situations change. And I just tell you this, um, assessment did not take place in the first year, not even two years for me, you know? So like, if you just like got hurt, your circumstance just changed. Don't feel like you need to start figuring it all out. You got to figure yourself out first. Um, you know, and take a look at like our last episodes about investing in yourself. Um, that's something that'll really help you out with this process. And when you feel like you're in a good spot, you know, for us, I mean, we need to get our routines together. We we need to be in a good place to where you feel like you could take on something else. If you're at your limit, slow your roll, get it figured out, um, and just remain patient. But yeah, man, I, I found out that I was almost a whole new cat that I, I, you know, I had a new mindset and had these things that I could now capitalize on that I couldn't before because I had changed. I had grown up. I had, you know, I was in different relationships. I was in different circumstances and I was like, I was hungry for new things, you know, and it changed everything. So, um, I really suggest taking that Gallup strengths finder. Um, you know, if you can look it up, I'm sure there's a number of others as well, but that's something that really helped me, especially in assessing myself. Um, And then finding, you know, what am I passionate about? That was the other challenge. Like, tell us about trying to find your passions now after you got hurt. So our journeys are similar in the fact that some of my jobs I held before my accident were sales jobs, you mm-hmm. know, or um, supervising type jobs or running crews, being social, being active. Yeah. Um, but I knew after um, I got hurt, though, my strength is still my voice, mm. you know, because I'm passionate and I have no fear when it comes to getting in front of people. Yeah. Um, so I thought there might be an avenue now there because of our story, you know, Mm -hmm. as long as I continue to rehab and continue to build that people are always going to want to hear what I've been through because in our demographic, there's a a strong number of people who get hurt there or have disabilities who kind of quit or go to depression or go down the wrong road where Mm -hmm. it's, we're actually the kind of the exception to the norm where we're yeah. trying to fight and improve and mm-hmm. work on even, our, ourselves. Even then those things are natural. You yeah. know, it's, it's a battle no matter what, but yeah, I hear you. So my, you know, my, my passion was speaking kind of started. And then, um, a friend of mine who owns a gym, um, we got into, um, <clears throat> back into contact with each other. And at the time I was coming off uh, a hand surgery to help my, uh, my grip out. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, I'd love to help you get back in the gym, get back in the swing of things. And from that, it kind of formulated into me showing some of my workout videos. And, um, you know, we would sit together every week or two and just kind of brainstorm what yeah. is available and kind of strategize. Um, but through that, it led to a lot more opportunities. And I think you kind of touched on this. Um, you're going to evolve. Yeah. You're, the one thing I will tell you is that you will all constantly be changing. But if you start to pursue things as you change, those doors will open, you know? Right. Um, Because up until that point, we're talking like four years in, Mm -hmm. I was kind of sitting on the sidelines, you know? And I was kind of in this holding waiting period until that point. Mm -hmm. One thing, too, that I think is a major contributor to getting to this point of assessment um, and change and, like, really looking forward is in our situations, we've talked about a number of times, but how our circles dwindle to kind of a core group of people that are actually your biggest supporters and the people that are really looking out for you. So I think with that being said, after a while I was surrounded by good people who always had my best interest and wanted the best for me and were always looking out, trying to help me and trying to help me move forward. You know, so that's another thing to consider too, is when, you know, you got to assess who you're with and, 
you know, what are they doing to, you know, benefit your life? Um, not that you're trying to be opportunistic in any way, but you know, it's gotta be mutual. They gotta be having your best interest at heart. So find the people and surround yourself by the ones who are going to really genuinely care for you and help you move forward. So for me, I, w- I had that benefit and now yeah. I was like, okay, I'm hungry for more. You know, I can keep grinding at, you know, the workouts and the physical aspect, right. but I know intellectually I need more. I want more. And there's people here that are willing to help. Interesting point though. And we had a conversation about this the other day. Um, and we were both talking about this cause of where we went to high school at and the expectations that were put on us. Yep. Um, one thing that we were always echoed when we were kids that we were stubborn about was we are as good as who we surround ourselves with. Yeah. And we would fight that. Right. You know, cause mm-hmm. a lot of times the guys we want to, you know, joke around with weren't exactly the most quality of guys mm-hmm. and we would have coaches or our parents, you know, always tell us that. Yeah. And I didn't really realize that cause I was stubborn. I know you are too. And so I got into this situation. I realized, you know, the, the type of people I was putting myself around and the situations I put myself into, I was no better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's a very valid point. Once we got in here, we, all those people dropped off because they didn't have yeah. it in them. And the people that have stuck around are the people that we've come across now are all on the same um, wavelength. Dude, to echo what you were saying. So when you surround yourself with people that maybe don't have good intentions or are on a good path, um, research has shown that group think sets in. It's like you all kind of start, you know, sharing ideas and kind of moving as one. You know, you get a big enough group, you know, soon enough, you guys are just going to kind of give up on bigger things. You're going to kind of take the easier road of temptations, right? you know? And so I think that's kind of where that comes in. Um, but yeah, you know, once we, we settle down with, you know, our core group, our ride or dies, the true homies, it's yeah. like, yo, we all want the best for one another and we're looking forward. So once you start kind of, you know, assessing your potential, what kind of passions do I possess? You know, uh, cause if you're going to go back to work, especially in a situation like spinal cord injury or something where, you know, yeah. Life already kind of sucks. Yeah, you're physically, you're, physically you're dealing, limited. You're already yeah. dealing with plenty, you know, outside of work. You want to do something that you're going to love and be passionate about. Um, and it's something that, you know, you should really, I think, be picky about. You yeah. know, you should try and uh, you should try and assess yourself and be like, what is it that I love and what is it that I want to do, you know? Yeah. I, I 100% agree. I always tell everybody when you decide to pursue something you're passionate about, um, when your alarm clock you know, goes off and you're still hitting snooze, you know, that you're not passionate about it. Your job's got to feel like, and we're not always this fortunate, but maybe we were put in a situation for us to be this fortunate mm-hmm. where we could take a step back and we could pick something that we really like instead of going after something that we know just we need to do this to, you know, pay the bills, you know? Yeah. There is a give and take there, you know? So um, finding that balance and finding something you're passionate about is something that when you wake up, you're just excited to go for it. And when you finally have that realization, you're like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm good at. And this is what I'm passionate about. It's time to plan. Okay. You got to throw that up there. Plan. All right. So now is when you kind of start brainstorming a strategy. What is like the path to this career? Okay. And what does a career um, look like, you know, in this profession? You know, like for me, if, okay, I wanted to get into marketing. Okay. Um, what is the path to marketing? And what does my career look like there? And what what are my goals with this? Absolutely. I think goal setting is a big part of planning. Um, and kind of, I think, even put it on paper, you know, oh, or write that. it down in your, love you know, it. on an iPad or, 
if you need someone to help you out, get them to do that. But yeah. really just start brainstorming a path here and like kind of setting it up like, okay, if I want to get to this level, what do I need? Right. Okay. And to get to that level, does something else need to happen in order, you know, to take the next step, you know? So that planning process is something pretty big. And I, I can say for myself, you know, for me finding out that, you know, I had a really big passion for creative and marketing. And I was, you know, from my film background and just being the uh, visual person that I was like being a movie lover. And, you know, I, I always had these ideas that I wanted to put into action in order to, you know, help sell things, yeah. you know, cause I had that sales background as well. Yeah. And so like putting all these things together, it's like, okay, if I want to get there, what do I need? And for me, I had to go back to school. Right. Right. And in order to go back to school, you know, getting an MBA in marketing and or entrepreneurship, I was like, all right, now I have also have to uh, take this test to get to there. And once I do take that test, I have to have, you know, X and what schools do I want to go yeah. to if I want to get, you know, into these companies. And that this is where the, you know, the planning comes in. Yeah. Right? I, I don't want you to scare people though. And I think what I mean by that is um, sometimes when we start to plan things out, we start to get overwhelmed. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I go to school for six years. How am I going to afford that? How am I going to do this, that, and the other? No. Um, I read this book called The Compound Effect. Mm -hmm. And in the book, they had this story about if I gave you a million dollars at the end of the month or if I gave you a penny and we doubled it every day, mm -hmm. which one would you choose? And, the, mm -hmm. you know, the easiest pennies. Well, I'll take the million dollars at the end of the month. Yeah. Long story short is those pennies end up equaling almost like $11 million at the end of the over month time. over time. Okay. Right. So just start dropping pennies in the bucket, make your plan, but don't, don't think you have to, you know, accomplish in six months, you know, timelines are the, the, the devil in this situation. So just yeah. make a plan. You know what I usually do? I love writing as well is I make weekly plans as well as long-term plans. So yeah. I love checking things off. And as long as I'm dropping pennies in the bucket every day, I feel accomplished. Big goals are accomplished in small steps. Exactly. You know, so break them down into baby steps, you know? There you um, go. It's good to have big goals, um, but you don't have to have it figured out right away, and you're not going to. No. Um, and know that big goals also shift and change. It, yeah. The career path that you choose on paper Maybe and probably won't be the one that you end up with, which isn't a bad thing. Though. It's definitely not. It's it's about being amenable to these yeah. things and you know being able to bob and weave and roll with the punches. I mean that's kind of yeah. what we've learned from our situations, yeah. having to roll with it. If you want flexibility you know, is being key. Pun. Yeah, with us absolutely. For sure. You know, you know what I mean by that is is we're so routine now, just with uh, our our daily care, that if, if we learn if one thing doesn't go right, somebody's late, all of a sudden our whole schedule gets bumped, right? So we've learned just to be more flexible because if not, if we're so rigid, we'd just be irritable the whole entire day. Yeah. You know, so we've learned to kind of bob and weave here and there. Also, too, we've learned to never say no to any opportunity that presents itself. I think that's very key, too. As you're planning, things are going to come up. Always say yes. Even if you tell yourself, man, I don't really want to go to this event. I don't really want to. I don't want to network. I don't want to do that. I'm telling you, there's been more. I can. More times than not, I've been like, all right, I'll just go. And then, boom, I've had a fantastic night, and I met somebody I needed to meet. Yeah, comfort zones are the death of yes. potential. So if it's something you don't think you can do, try it. We're saying is that you can fail, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you just learn one way you can't do it. You know, you got to put yourself into that action. You know, and And learn from it. Learning from that experience. And it's it's that was one thing I didn't do. I was so, um, I think, just insecure in yes. my ways that, you know, I was afraid to fail in front of people because, yeah. you know, deep down I was like, oh, I kind of feel like a failure, but 
I don't want people to realize that. Yeah. And so it's like, I always had this idea of perfection, which is total bullshit, yeah. you know, but being able to put yourself out there and the more you do, you numb, you numb yourself to yeah. that, that feeling in a good way, you know, and you just start breaking down those barriers that you've built up around yourself. Um, yeah. And just, you know, taking those plans and starting to put them into action yeah. is I think what takes us to the next step. So when you go from planning to preparation. Ooh, love yeah, it. Right. This is probably something I'm the worst at. Yeah. I'm 100% a procrastinator. Mm-hmm. I'm 100%. My dad calls me last minute Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I like, I think this is where we're different actually is where I'm more of like spur of the moment. I like to just be in the mood, like, all right, hit me with it. Let's go. Well, you're all about to find details of a situation. You got like Sometimes. to have things planned out, you know? Yeah. Um, which is something I appreciate from you, especially mm-hmm. when we do the podcast and other things is that you have things prepared where I'm just like, throw it at me. I'll go for it, which works sometimes, but there are times where example of this for me is like, um, you know, certain auditions, you know, if I just read a little bit about the role, watched a couple of the TV shows, mm-hmm. being a little bit more prepared, I could have been more into it, you know, but there's part of me that's like, Oh, I don't want to be so rigid when I go up there. I want to be sunny. But, yeah. you know, the more I read about actors that really they dive into the roles, you oh, know, yeah. they dress that part for months before they have the audition and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so th- it's definitely something I need to work on. I think being the natural salesman that we are, being yeah. able to shoot from the hip. I like to wing it. It's yeah, it's who we are. Yeah. You know, I mean, professional bullshitters, honestly. Right. I mean, if we're not kidding anybody. Yeah. But yeah. And uh, I mean, I do like to have things at least thought out before yes. you know whether i uh you know can shoot from the hip on it or not um the organization part is where i struggle you know in my preparation um you know i'll start a task i'll start a task i'll start a task um but that's the thing where you you know you could really start attacking yeah. you know if it's if it's not a strength have someone else like help you out with it you know like only rely on your core competency i wouldn't say only rely but stick to your core competency and then outsource the help that you need right you know i think that's like where organizations and individuals kind of lose out sometimes is trying to be too much or you know be too many things to too many people yeah wear too many hats stick to what you're good at you know and uh so in preparation it's really putting that planning into action so this is kind of like where i had my plans of wanting to get into so-and-so industry and then finally being like okay I need to sign up for this test if I want to apply. Um, and then I have to actually do the applications yeah. and then you actually have to go to school. And then when you're in school, what courses do I need to take, you know, to actually prepare myself for the career that I want? This and, is what I think is really good about this for us. Mm-hmm. This is where insecurity works good for us. Yeah. is finding a way to be accountable, mm-hmm. you know, posting about it, put it out there for everybody to know straight up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if I put it out there it's and then I don't do this, I'm going to, you know, this is where our insecurities work in our favor, but find a way to be accountable, whether that's a timeline you set, whether that you tell a a friend that, you know, is going to get on your ass if you don't do it, but find a way in your preparation to be somewhat accountable for it. And that will kind of help you light a fire when you need it. Okay, man. So I got one for you. So we're both, uh, you know, into the Mamba mentality. Absolutely. And so as far as accountability, I have on my desk, a picture of Kobe with, I think probably the best quote. Um, it's actually a Bible verse, um, about holding yourself accountable. Yeah. Uh, Corinthians nine twenty seven. it's, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. 
You know what I mean? It's yeah. all about like, you're going to put in the work yeah. and you're going to show people and lead by example right. that I deserve the shit that yeah. I put in that work and I'm going to hold myself accountable for the words I put out there. Yeah. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Right. You know, I, and I try and remind myself that every day with that picture. And I think our situations hold us credible. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, we, we're not sitting behind this camera right now and just blowing smoke. Like nah. people who know us know how hard we work each and every right. day. And that's not a humble brag. This is reality. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're going to prepare yourself for something, find a way to make yourself accountable, you know, Bible verses, pictures, a friend posting it where somebody like, mm -hmm. you know, people are going to see it. So, you know, in six months, if you haven't done anything with it, you just look like a total fake Fugazi person, yeah. like find a way. Yeah. Reminders on your phone. Yeah. What every three months, like, have you done this? Have you done this? And if it that eats at you, it eats at you. It You're eats like, at you. Yeah. All right, like go away. You yeah. Know, you want to, but then like, Hey, put a post it up on the outside of your computer screen. Right. You know, or like, dang, man, put one on the TV screen. You can't take it off until you, uh, it, it used to eat me up when you know? I'd be somewhere and I told somebody about an idea I had and then I'd run into him six months later and I'm like, Hey, whatever happened with that? And you just feel that feeling in your stomach. Yeah. Like that disappointment in yourself, mm -hmm. you know? So then you come up with like a random excuse, but you just can't get it out of your mind the rest of the night, you know? Um, yeah. so that's definitely to me, that's, that's the key to victory too, is just finding that little bit of accountability there. Yeah, for sure. And the next step is absolutely leverage your strengths, leverage. Okay. And, um, you know, going back to the strengths finder, figure out what you're made of. What, what can you do now? Okay. For me, like, obviously it's not going to be running around lifting things. And, uh, so probably not karate chopping people like you were you know? before, yeah. but yeah. And I using like, chopsticks when I got into grad school. Yeah. Spoon. Chopsticks. Yeah. yeah. Cup. Yeah, for sure. All right. Anyways, anyways. Okay. I'd actually use the chopsticks. Like I'd make fangs and I go, oh, okay. Do the walrus. Yeah, you know? that's pretty good actually. Yeah. Good for yeah, you. For yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> we love these tangents. What an asshole. Yeah, what a jerk. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, leverage those strengths. Like when I got into grad school, I was so insecure. I figured, okay, I am surrounded by nerds, for lack of a better word, people yeah. that are ready to like that. They've been bookworms before this. They had planned on grad school. They were taking the next step in like finance or something like, yeah. you know, that I wasn't like ready to be a part of or wanting to. Um, but once I got there, I was like, okay, man. Um, I started looking around and my strength climbed like to the front of my face. I swear, this, I remember this moment, like being in class, feeling insecure about like having to have someone raise their hands so that I can answer. Right. And I'm like, you know what? These are all my enemies now. Not my enemies, but my competition. Yeah. And that's where that like competitive energy came in. And then being able to like garner that and just use it um, for my benefit because I wasn't going to let my situation hold me back and accept less. I'm like, well, yeah. dude, if I can get through grad school with like, geez, I guess you have to have like a B minus average, you know, I could try and do that. But no, it's like, I'm going to beat you, even though my situation's harder than what you're probably going through or doing. I'm going to. I'm going to excel and I'm going to beat yeah. you. So I would take that competitive strength and then uh, use my like leadership and like communication skills to be like a, the, uh, the go-to, like the quarterback of, you know, all the group projects that I'd have to do and kind of take point and start building a reputation for myself. Um, you know, that really I think enhanced my entire experience in grad school. Um, and then now, you know, taking all those things through my career, it, It'll grow, it'll evolve, but being able to leverage those strengths is something that's super important. Absolutely. And uh, so tell me a little bit about yours. I know like 
you got the gift of gab. Right. I mean, super easy to like take advantage of, um, you know, public speaking. Tell me a little bit about, I mean, some of the things you're doing. So with the gift of the gab, what I've learned, and this is funny, is uh, to listen more and be more, yeah. ask more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, close mouths don't get fed. So yeah. when I'm around somebody that I know I can learn something from, whether it be speaking, acting, uh, coaching, anything I'm doing right now, I ask them a ton of questions, yeah. you know, and I'll even throw in their hand. I'm sorry if I'm bugging you, but there's something about learning from other people that I, I like, it's like a spidey sense that has been ha- enhanced since I got hurt. I just realized, um, there's nothing more informative. I mean, I could read a book, I could watch a documentary, I could do this, that, or the other, but when you're in a spot where you can ask somebody who's doing something you want to do, you know, that you're interested in, ask them a question. I mean, machine gun them, learn yeah. as much as you can from those people because they're obviously doing what you want to do. And there's always parts and tidbits that I still, that I take and I put in my weaponry. Yeah. I love that. And there's so much we can talk about in there on the next step too. Oh, and Oh, oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. I'm Just excited. Wait for now, it, yeah. yeah, you are. You know, it's like if you're a super like focused, organized, you know, attention to detail kind of person, like, you know, take the project management role. You know, yeah. like be that person that can really help facilitate a project um, or whatever it is that, you know, whatever industry you're in, whatever, you know, professional setting you're in, see what, you know, you could bring to the table to best benefit, you know, the organization, the group, yourself. Always look at it from that vantage point of like, okay, how can I leverage what strengths I possess to best benefit the the big picture? And there's nothing and wrong with being assertive. No. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we need leaders. Sometimes we need, you know, more Indians rather than chiefs. But find mm-hmm. your spot. Be assertive, especially if you know that's one of your strengths. Absolutely. And, you know, when you're going to when you're doing this, you're going to start finding success and you're going to find some failure. But that failure better better not hold you back because you better keep pushing because perfect perseverance is a big part of yeah. everything. When you're going back that to work, a tough a couple of people. Yeah. Yeah. Porky pig here. Yeah. You know, getting solid staying, um, you know, staying strong and being able to roll with the punches is a big part of this whole thing. You know, from sucks ass to success is not easy. Not at all. You know, it's not an easy thing. And you're going to. But gonna, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Exactly. You know, and it's something that I think definitely will garner some respect. I, I definitely feel like, you know, with that, you know, a humble brag or whatever you want to call it. It's like, I feel like I've garnered respect from my ability to take this BS situations and the pain and the difficulty that I deal with. But being able to like leverage that, you know, turn oh, yeah. that adversity into an advantage. There it every is. Time, you know? There it is. Got to throw your, it out there. Your slogan. My slogan. Marty O'Connor. There it is. Turn your adversity into your advantage. Hey. Yeah, but that's that's really like I like to say it's my brand because that's what I'm all about now. That's yeah. like what has allowed me to go from success to yeah. you know success. But you're not just all talk. You're also roll roll. You, you know, know what I mean? Some of us. Some people are all talk and no walk. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're, that's where the accountability. Comes you're all in. talking. All rolled, you know what I mean? All roll, yeah. All roll, baby. You're ready to say walk, aren't you? No, I was gonna, yeah, yeah. yeah it's okay. I, I'm really sorry. Yeah, I said that. You are. Yeah. Sorry, I'll lean with it. Yeah. Anyways, don't mind us. We right. do this from time to time. We're just having fun today. Okay. Yeah, just We're fun today. Okay, you're gonna kick some ass leveraging those strengths, right? Okay, but do not get complacent here because. This is like, you'll be finding growth, 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 but then you may plateau. Every, I mean, every individual organization, they'll hit a plateau. 
And the next step is super important um, to being able to have some longevity in your career and being able to continue to grow and kick some ass. And that is the yearn to Ooh, learn. I love this one. Like that yearn. yearn to learn. Yearn. You know, if you know if you're not learning, you're losing, man. That's that's I true. I swear. It it like you may be on a path, you may be super smart, but if you're not looking at the trends, where things are going and studying up on that, reading a book to get yourself, yeah. you know, like more prepared, put more weapons in the arsenal, right. you know, you're doing yourself a disservice. My whole life I was never a huge book reader. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't some, something it, I just couldn't find time to, to wind the batteries down and really read. Yeah. Um, but a habit I developed though is when I find a real interesting book is I just crush one chapter a night. And yeah. the reason I do that is because I felt like the book could be great and I'd want to go through three or four chapters, but I don't, I, rem, I felt like I'd only remember certain things. But yeah. when I just focus on one chapter, you know, 20, 30 pages, I felt like I really retained that information a lot more. For sure. And I'd even kind of keep notes or highlight some of that stuff too. You know, but reading though, and this is really hard for, I felt like it just kind of happened when I got a little bit older, like around 30, um, but put my phone away, turn the TV off, turn on a fountain, turn on some white noise and reading, it really like stimulate things I didn't even know I had. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's something that your mind, like it needs to be fed to. Yeah. It really does. That's like the whole reason I wanted to go back to work. I needed yeah. that intellectual stimulation. Right. You know, you get complacent over time when you, you know, are doing the same, you know, repetitious thing. Groundhog's Day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So always be learning, you know, and that'll help take you to the next level. Um, you know, you want to graduate, you want to get promoted. You got to put those weapons in your arsenal. Yes. You know, you got to read and, you know, find a mentor that can help you get there, too. I think oh, every person should have both a, great a mentor and a protege. Hit me with it. So while I was at the Goodwill Fitness Center doing that job, right, yep. I met a guy who had a, a, a disease where his eyesight was deteriorating year by year. Oh, wow. And eventually became fully blind. And he had a, and they, what Goodwill Fitness Center, they brought in, oh, I'm sorry, what was, what's the real name? Well. Did they change it be, again? It's going to be changing, unfortunately. Okay. I think there's been a change in ownership, but the Rogers A. Severson Fitness and Technology nice. Center of Orange County. So they brought in a, a group of blind people with their, their dogs, and I, I struck up a conversation with this guy. And he was actually a um, professor at Mitchum B University, which is optometry school okay, and a PA school. And he was a paid speaker for that school to go around and talk about what the school does and how important optometry was. Yeah. And who's better to speak about something, something like that than somebody that's blind? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, we got into these conversations, and he invited me into his class every now and then because as, as he talked about his disability, he wanted me to kind of give them, you know, the proper protocol to approach somebody in a wheelchair. And we would have these really in-depth conversations, and he was telling me the gratification he got from but also he was telling me the kind of money he was making. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this could be very interesting. Yeah. You know, and that's – and I used to sit in his office. I'd make weekly or monthly appointments, go down there and just, you know, talk to him about – you know, strategy and because at first when I would speak, my um, I'd be too positive. If that's a thing, right? Yeah. Oh, I got this, that, and he's like, you have to build empathy in your speeches, or people won't connect with you. Right. You know, and he showed me how to structure speech and how to time your slides, and that's how you kind of keep your thoughts concise and together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found me like kind of a sensei. You know, so if you're going through, maybe you want to do be a realtor, or you want to be a trainer, you want to be this, that, or the other. Um, maybe you have a family friend. You know, maybe you have a, a cousin, somebody in the field, 
you know, especially with social media and our networking nowadays, I'm sure you can find uh. somebody. And it's so easy to DM them, to text them, to be, hey, do you have a moment? But make that call. Make that, you know, your purpose. And I guarantee you'll find your way sooner than later. Cannot emphasize enough how critical networking is. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Uh, you've probably heard it's not what you know, but who you know. Yes. It's the annoying fact of life because it's so true in so many cases. Um, you know, you could have the greatest skill set in the world. And if someone maybe is just a little bit behind you, but they have a trust and a bond with the person making the decision to see who gets to play, yeah. probably going with the other person. Yep. You know what I mean? So, you know, networking is critical. Um, so if you're getting into a new industry or trying to grow within an industry or whatever, reach out to people, get on yeah. LinkedIn, you know, seek out people that, you know, could maybe benefit you that you also could benefit. It's always, always think about being mutually beneficial because if you're just, you know, like take, take, take and trying to, you know, just ask people for help that, that well is going to run dry soon. Very, you know, very you got to be able to like reciprocate a little bit there. Um, but you know, the fact of the matter is you need to reach out and grow that network because you never know where your path is going to take you. Um, you know, I don't think there's as an individual, I don't feel like I have total control of my path. I know that, right. you know, there's a path ahead of me that I already have laid out for me and that, you know, I'm going to figure it out along the way, but yeah. someone else knew about it before. Um, and you know, network along the way because you never know who you're going to come across that's going to be able to help you later yeah. um, or who you're going to be able to help later, you know, and make a profound difference in their life. Right. Um, just, you know, growing a community is so important um, professionally. So something definitely to uh, take into account. Yeah. And I want to close on this thought for myself, but just like you said it, I think the hardest part for us was there wasn't somebody we could look at when we first got hurt and be like, that guy did it. We, we're just going to follow that. Right. You know what I mean? We had to kind of carve out our own path here, but there was something about that struggle, that pain, that misery and getting through that, that is so much more gratifying than me just copying somebody else, you know, and your path, you know, maybe similar to somebody else's, but it's your path, you know? So don't be discouraged, you know, go out there, get your fillers out there, network, feel the yearn to learn, plan, apply, figure this out. You know what I mean? Really get behind this episode you know, because this, I'm telling you right now, I know we're all quarantined and everything feels slow and we're not going anywhere. Once this is over, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be an explosion of opportunities out there. Love it, man. Look, even the Pumped. aspiring architect couldn't find Pumped. the blueprint. You got to yep. make your own, right? Get out there, apply yourself. Um, you know, if you want to bounce any ideas off us, you know, feel free. We're here to communicate with you guys. We are here for the wheel world. You know what I mean? Just keeping a wheel. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have... Uh, you know, some situations that you've overcome uh, and you've gone from success to success. I want to hear those stories. I want to Hell share yeah. those stories. We want to have you on here yeah. and feature you. Um, there are so many warriors out there that, you know, their stories deserve to be heard. And I think it'll inspire others as well. Um, you know, we're here week to week trying to help you guys and, you know, learn from, you know, our experiences. But, you know, so many people could benefit from your experiences out there. So please reach out to us, DM email you know we're here for you guys okay. so we love you as always as always and uh we'll be back next week um we'll talk to you guys later